Welcome to the Root and the Fountain podcast, a lively conversation about all things prayer. I'm your host, Veronica Jarski, a writer and creator of the Invisible Scar Passion Project. And I'm joined by my good friend, Kathy Duffy, author of the book, Everyday Evangelism for Catholics, a practical guide to spreading the faith in a contemporary world, and creator of Kathy Duffy Reviews. In this episode, we're talking about the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Now, before you listen, I need to confess that I had the audio pulling from the computer mic instead of my microphone, so I sound a wee bit underwater. Now, don't worry. Kathy Duffy and our special guest, John Roberts, sound absolutely stellar. So do listen closely and try not to be too annoyed by my underwater tone. Hi, this is Kathy Duffy. This time around, we are talking about the Ignatian exercises. And I'm taking the lead on this because I'm going to do an interview with my dear friend, John Roberts, who led me and a small group of others through the Ignatian exercises a few years ago. Veronica and I have talked about having a session on the Ignatian exercises, and we decided there was no one better than John to help walk us through what the Ignatian exercises are, how they work, uh, who they're for, all, all of the important questions. So I'm going to lead this interview, but Veronica's on board here. She'll ask questions, and uh, I'm going to first begin by in introducing you to John. John Roberts was born and raised in London, England. You'll love his accent. <laughs> After visiting a favorite place of his, Lourdes in France, he met Shelley, his American-born wife, in Paris and immigrated to America two years later. While working in several states, including Wisconsin, Missouri, Indiana, and California in the electrical industry, God allowed him to experience several heart and cancer operations. This caused him to reevaluate his earthly journey, and one of the paths he took was the Ignatian path that we will talk about in this interview. Another path he explored was writing a book, which was published last year, titled The Thorns of Winter. Uh, as John explains, he wrote about the days of his youth in the form of a novel, trying to discover in an Ignatian way the choices and motivations from his childhood. John's been very active in our parish as a teacher, as a Bible study leader, and in sacramental ministry, and he's worked also in the jail and prison ministry. John and his wife, Shelley, have five children, two of whom are at home with the Lord. So, John, I'm so glad to have you with us tonight. Hi, Kathy. Thank you for <laughs> inviting me. Well, let's just start right into it. For our, John, for our listeners who know nothing about the spiritual exercises, can you briefly summarize what they are and why they are helpful? I believe I can, Kathy. And in order to do that, I need to look at a little bit about self. You know, we're in a situation even deeper in a, the understanding of who we are and where we are in a world right now. And it's becoming more and more confusing for us. Uh, for instance, the world tends to idolize self-achievement. And it's everywhere. It's in the jobs. It's in us, particularly sports. It's in leisure time. 
it's in, for instance, who's got the biggest RV, who's got the farthest RV, and so forth. And family, even families, who has the biggest house, who has the biggest this, who has the biggest that. The problem with this, although it's good to for self-achievement, the problem with it is there is there is no no personal achievements in heaven. We can't take these personal achievements with us. There are no personal achievements in heaven, and all glory, all personal achievements are God's glory and God's achievements. In heaven, all God does is share his glory with us. How do I do that? How do I get to a place where I'm really willing to embrace and accept that in a world that looks completely the other way around? Well, I have to find a way. I have to chase down a way. Uh, one of the things about my Protestant brothers and sisters that I love is they take their Bible and they take Scripture and they try to build on Scripture. They take a piece of this is what you should be doing. This is what we should be memorizing. Remember what Jesus says, and they build that way. We, since 1492 or later, of course, 1500, have this extraordinary man called Ignatius of Loyola, who has stepped out of his early arena, which was self, personal glory, and that, and decided that there is a better way. I can be a soldier of a better army. I can change that. But in order to move from that position, he had to reconstruct or allow God to reconstruct him. Not an easy choice. Not an easy choice. That reminds me of, um, I don't know if you've ever read The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Yes. But there's, um, and, there's, and there's that part where I think it's one of the painters arrives to what we later find out is you know, a purgatory state. And he's there and he's like, he's ready to just start painting all the glory that he sees and everything. And everyone's like, you don't, you don't need to do that here. And he's like, but I'm capturing, I'm capturing what you can see. Yeah, I'm a famous yeah. painter. Yeah. And they're like, you, you, it doesn't really matter here because we're in heaven and let's just keep going. We'll yeah. see God. Yeah. And everyone, and he, and he was just so caught up in himself that he, yeah. I just, you know, he just is clutching his canvas and his paints because he can't let go of him, himself. His yeah. self, you know, identity. I think that's so interesting. Yeah, it's a great illustration. It is a good, great. It's the same analogy. It yeah. points to the same direction. Yeah. The well, idea of letting, sorry, Kathy, go ahead. Well, I was going to back up just a little bit and ask, how did you first get interested in the Ignatian uh, exercises? Interesting. Glad you asked that question. The idea, what happened? I was, I have a very good friend. Bob Novielli, and we've done a lot of prison ministry together. We've done a lot of Bible study together. And we were down at prison trying to explain to these prisoners, where did, what plate are you going to eat off of? You're going to eat off this plate with the spiritualness of God, or you're going to eat off of this plate over here with all the pl things that are wrong that you've already been feeding on? And the scripture that came up was 1 Corinthians 3, where Paul asked the questions, I should be feeding you meat by now, but all I'm doing is feeding you milk because you're still in the flesh. Well, Bob and I were talking about that on the way home, and to our disgruntledness, we found out that we too are still stuck. <laughs> 
in the flesh, you know, <laughs> flesh bleeding flesh. It was crazy, mm. you know. So he said to me, he said, John, down at the, our church, which was Holy Spirit Church, he said, a man is going to give a class tomorrow. You want to go with him in. He's a, he's a superior court judge in Orange County. His name's Frank Furman. And we'll go take a listen. He's going to talk on the Ignatian exercises. And I said, good. The two books I brought with me when I came over from England, two books, was one of them was the Ignatian exercise. Had not read it, but it looked good. (laughs) (laughs) Good enough to carry it all the way. Good enough to carry it with me. And all the way from there over here. The other one was uh, a poet's book, an autobiography on a poet, The Welshman. Um, and that's a shame. I can't remember his name, but I said, I'll go with you. Let's go. So we went down there we listened to Frank and we were enamored by the idea that yes, we can. There is a way, there is a path narrow though it may be, as our Lord said, there is a definite path. And the strange thing about the narrow path is when you're on it, it actually looks wide because it's a path of virtue. Mm. And that's beautiful, you know. And so we we decide to join and si- sign up for the uh, Ignatian exercises, and they group us. He does. He take. There's about thirty or forty of us that sign up, and he groups us. And we ended up meeting with another bunch of people that we didn't know down in Balboa. There were about seven or eight of us down there, and the group was led by somebody that had been through the exercises and was able to push us through and identify the times that we would go off track and so forth, would get rid of the initial chatter and focus us in on our own spiritual lives. In order to do that, you have to journal, and that's another question for another time. But we met down there for the whole – we took the nine-month course. There is a four-week course. There is actually – a two-week course, which I wouldn't recommend. There's a four-week course, which I would question you whether you're smart enough to get through it. And then there's <laughs> no, a nine-month no. course. <laughs> and the nine-month course actually takes you slowly through the exercises, day by day, step by step, week by week. We met down there every day for nine months, took three months off, and continue to meet. Every day? Grew- Every, Every uh, no, we we t- had one. We met down there once a week. Yeah, okay. <laughs> at the house in Balboa, and we yeah. read. We we worked on our exercises at home for one hour every day. Right. Okay. And we locked our doors. You know, Frank Furman is a wonderful man. Absolutely, he he had young kids, and so finding quiet for a man with young kids is not possible. They have too many questions. But he said, I found the secret. He said, I noticed that they never followed me into the toilet. (laughs) So so I sat on the toilet for an hour every night for nine months. I did my exercises in there. He says, occasionally I get, Papa, are you coming out? But he said, I ignored it. (laughs) And subsequently, he was dedicated to finding God in his life so that he could transfer it to his family, so that he could transfer everything. And we did the same. And then we continued to meet, like I said, for 12 
consecutive years after that, using mm. various other books. They're all Ignatian literature in this in the way they're structured. So you've got books after books that you can follow through and follow through. Kathy, when we we'd met, I had hoped we would do that. But it yes, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm surprised because I didn't I don't think we ever even got to the point of talking about it. And I'm not no, sure what, what happened. I don't. But uh, I'm disappointed now to hear that. But it's not too late. No, it's not. <laughs> we'll too late. talk about that later. Yes. Um, right. But yeah, that's um, that's interesting. So, you know, it seems like such a God thing, the timing on that, the way he yeah. pulls people together. And there are so few people who are knowledgeable about the Ignatian exercises, yeah. really knowledgeable and experienced. Uh, people have read about them, but people who have really lived it, worked yeah. through it, um, that's that's amazing. Okay. Okay, Veronica, you have a question you want to throw in here? Yeah, I was just wondering when you were when you were signing up for this class, were the what was the level of ex- not experience? That's not exactly what I want to say, but is it something that someone fresh to the faith can participate in or is it something for people who've been you know, like flung Catholics or should you be, you know, Catholic for some random amount of time, four months, three days. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Or is it something, is something like a newbie, like, Hey, I'm yeah. just got off Easter vigil. I yeah. finished up yeah. now. Should I be jumping into this? Yeah. If, if you're going to, you know, that's a question that fits with consolation or desolation really. But, if you're going to join a group like that, you do need to have the foundations of what you believe in place, and you must feel secure in those foundations. Can you do it outside of the Catholic Church? Yes, you can, and I've known of groups mm-hmm. that do do that, and and they have found it extremely good for their type of denomination, for their type of theology and so forth, and they've enjoyed it. The whole idea is to surrender self and bring God into it, into your life, and prepare yourself to meet your Creator. And that's His call to us. That's what He's saying to us. He's saying, come see me. Be with me. Be with me. I will show you. I will show you what is required just for you. I will walk just with you. I promise. And I will show just you what is necessary for us to be as one. This oneness, you know, this the Old Testament oneness, the Father, the Son are one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy. They're one. They're one in thinking. They're all different, but they're one in thinking. It's a perfect way of going. I, I was thinking as you, as you were talking, I was thinking this depends so much on the individual because you could have a person who comes to the RCA process very well catechized, very knowledgeable, deep in their relationship with God, new to the Catholic Church, and they might be an excellent candidate to go through yes. it. Yeah. And you could have a lifelong Catholic not ready. But I think people, it's kind of a self-weeding process because the requirements are daunting Yes, for the person who is not very deep in their faith, the idea of spending an hour a day might sound torturous. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you've got to be ready to commit that kind of time and self-examination. Yeah, and that's what it is. It is. In fact, the whole idea of journaling is self-examination initially. 
especially because you know the four weeks are broken up into four different segments and the first segment and they're not actual weeks they're usually 30 days spread this way that way some people will move faster than other people but that first four first week is i'm looking for what is going to get me where i need to go we've got to remember without a question and a doubt two things the spirit of god has called you and if the spirit of god has called you your instructions will be perfect and true and get you to the place the enemy will have heard that call and will interrupt you in every possible way he can so you have to be careful there too so but they um when they are called the call comes from god and the call goes into the heart it doesn't go into the ears when we were, bob and i were listening we realized and we talked about we're supposed to do this bob says how you know i said we know because we know and he says yeah you're right we know because we know and right. i said i don't know i want it he says it doesn't matter where you want to do it john we got to do this right <laughs> and i said yeah we do yeah. because we so- heard the voice yeah. So, John, you've kind of started into this. What do, you, what do you do? What's a person do when they're going through the spiritual exercises? Can you give it a little more concrete? What does it look like when they're going through it? What's it look like? Okay. Like I said, there are four weeks of study. that They break it down into four different segments. And interestingly enough, the, and the whole book was spread out into four different teaching you how to pray, teaching you how to discern, teaching you how to read scripture in terms of Jesus has given us this message. He's given us the all the net that is necessary for us to see. What we have to do is turn to it and examine it in light of our life, in the light of our actions. And so what we did is, we, you know, this first week was for us was much longer than a week because we were doing it for uh, nine months. But the first one, we examined ourselves and looked at it and talked to each other. And um, as a group, we would read our journaling. And this is an extremely important need that we journal because we share and and, and we, we open ourselves up to other people in a sense that you can say that's scary, but it's not <laughs> actually scary at all. It's surprising how common the things that you hide are in other people. It's surprising. You you know, this person over here says that, and you think, oh, I know that. I know that. And then the second week works into the, the life of Christ, and that's where mostly prayer comes in and where you're using, tying it into Scripture, and that's in the manual. And then each one comes with their, their weekly little journal and reads off this is what this told me, this is what this told me, this is what that told me, and so forth. And we go around, and you will be surprised how much you learn from that and how much you they you teach them. I've I've heard my friend Bob Novelli talk, and I, I've gone outside with him, and I said, Bob, what did you say there? He said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, I beg your pardon. Yeah. He said, you just – I said, it was so good. What did you say? He said, I don't know, John. I said, what do you mean you don't know? He said, God gave it to me. And he said, he's not giving it to me again, just for you. <laughs> and he doesn't <laughs> own he it. it. <laughs> he doesn't own it. That's right. 
and it was it was wonderful. And then the th- the third week, you go into and this includes all the sufferings of Christ. The idea of suffering is that's a huge subject, and we with eight of us there, I can tell you there were some revelations of how suffering was beginning had mm-hmm. happened in their in their lives in it, which neutralized or is that the right word made my suffering understandable mm-hmm. in light of their suffering and subsequent and that portion of the exercises goes right through to our Palm Sunday, which is you know when this coming Sunday and when we deal with the whole passion mm-hmm. in front of us. And the fourth one is his portion is his resurrection, deals with his resurrection. And the fourth portion takes you from the pits to heaven. There you are. You you know, this is this is a victory. This is a battle that is won. He is won. If if you're in him, you're in the victory. Mm -hmm. If you're outside of him, you're not in the victory. And you want why do you live? You want to live the victory and you want to live it where you're excited about life and you're excited about living. And if you want something to make your life exciting, the closer you get to God, the more exciting it is. Amen to that. Amen. It, yeah. it, it reminds me of those sci-fi movies when there's someone that's... I love sci-fi. And the, and the hero comes through and uh-huh. goes, take, take my hand if you want to live. <laughs> yeah. I love sci-fi movies. I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 Like, stranded, up, stranded on Mars is one of my favorites. Yeah, I love sci-fi too. The good sci-fi authors, the really good ones, yes. have spiritual stories often. Right. Uh, they do. A songwriter called Leonard Cohen, and he wrote a song, Hallelujah, a song I really love. And it, there's a line in it that says, love is not a victory march. It's a broken, cold, hallelujah. And I'm thinking, yeah, it is. It is. You get up there and you're saying your hallelujah, and all of a sudden, bingo, you're on the ground again. And then you get up again and say, on the ground again. And love will put you in that place, and that's God's way of training you. And this this length, the, this Ignatian exercises will take you through that kind of song, or through that hallelujah. Why am I down here, Lord? Hallelujah. Why am I down here, Lord? Why? <laughs> It's lovely because I can tell you know you know what life's like. It's it's an often you know it's it's beautiful place. It's life is to me it's the the ultimate kind gift that God has for us. And if I it's such a kind gift that He would do what He did for us, give His whole Son and His whole life and His whole suffering, and I. Don't want to be part of that? Are you nuts, Roberts? No. <laughs> yeah, I know with the Ignatian exercises that that con- consolation and desolation, the, that concept of the two uh, working in our lives. Um, yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? I will. I will. That's a, that's a really good subject to talk about. I talk about desolation first because um, people get that confused with depression. And it's not depression, though it can feel like depression. Desolation is really my separation from God. And you must have felt that in your walk. What am I doing here? Where are you? Where did Jesus felt it? 
my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you, uh, how could that happen? He had to go the full length too. He had to find it what it felt like to be without the Father's consolation. He was in deep, deep, deep desolation. You know, not de- not, not depression. Des- depression is a psychological withdrawal from self. Completely different than a spiritual withdrawal from God or God moving back away from you in order for you to discover who you are. Let me ask so a question des- about that because I yep. think they do get I think they do get confused a lot. Yeah, and, and maybe you can clarify this because well because it's confusing. <laughs> so um so depression to me um, you know, so depression of course it can be like a chemical imbalance yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. It, yeah. Opens, it can also be a like a life triggering event something tragic yeah. happens to you. Yeah. And you fall, you get sad, and then the sadness lingers, and it becomes you know, this incredibly deep depression. So, and now you're saying desolation is different from that. Yes. In what in what way? And how would you be able to recognize? Oh, I'm really depressed, and as opposed to I'm in the midst of desolation right now. That's a good question. That's a good question. Another good question. The reason is what this is why you have a group. Somebody asked me. Can I do this on my own? Yeah, you can, but it's stupid. <laughs> Why? Because when I go, you go into desolation, you have no idea of how to get out of it, or even if it is desolation. Am I pining over something I shouldn't be pining over? Where does it come from? What is happening and so forth? Do I have a, something in my past life that's coming up and so forth causing this? Well, a good spiritual director, a good group, with a good group leader can sit you down and say, tell me about it, tell me about it, and can begin to discern for you in union with you what is happening to you and can acquaint you with, no, no, you're not in depression, you're in desolation, and desolation is God has pulled away from you for a moment in order to expose to you what? Well, there are three reasons that God pulls away from you. One is because you're not doing your homework. You're not taking your hour. You're not following through on what you have promised him you would do because not for his sake, but for your sake. You said, I want to be a child of yours, but I really want to be a child of yours. I love the happy movies, but I want to really be a child of whatever it takes. And you've pulled away from that and you've neglected your prayers. You've done this. God said, okay. Okay, I love you. I love you. I love you. But you're going to, I'm going to love you from a distance right now. Although I'm still right next to you. It's crazy. And you have to know that. Whereas a good person talking with you for a few moments about your past will begin to understand whether if you're in a psychological difficulty. And then as a spiritual director or as a, a leader, you, if you're honest with yourself, you say, I'm not qualified to deal with that. But I will go with you and help you get some help on that, okay? That's the two differences. Um, the other one is God <laughs> wishes to try you to see if you'll stay the course, to see if your vows are honest, to see if you'll fall on your face the first moment that you get. Oh, God's left me. I hate God. I'm going back to my, I'm going to the bar down the road, man. I'm going back. I'll go see my friends. My friends will cheer me up. God says, there he goes again. Mm-hmm. No, we don't do that. If you're honest and truthfully chasing God, you say, okay, this is the time I pray more, but I don't feel like praying. I know. 
it's not prayer is not a feeling prayer is an action prayer is an action mm-hmm. between you and god that's what prayer is it's not it's a, a feeling. decision right it's, it's a a very much a decision and you've yeah. got to make a decision to say i don't want to do that rosary but i'm going to go do it anyway and if god won't like it yes he will he'll love it more than you can ever possibly understand because it's beautiful and yeah. you're you're making choices which plate you want to eat off you want to eat off the world's plate or you want to eat off of god's plate as there too much flesh there get rid of it get rid of it. you're not going to go into heaven with thank god we've got purgatory hallelujah <laughs> so that's <laughs> The third one is God wishes to give you a true knowledge of yourself. And God does not want us to. There is a knowledge of ourself that we have to be very careful with. And that is we think we're doing really good. And it's prideful. And it's not humble. The the most humble person that ever existed was Jesus Christ himself. If you want to follow a feminine person with absolute total humility go look at mother mary if you want to follow if that's not good go see saint joseph this this humility is the truest expression of faith that you can have and hebrews 11 6 says without faith you cannot please god you cannot please god so he's saying where is your humility where is your faith and you might be surprised when you look at yourself that you're not doing the things that you don't do anymore. That is beautiful. For instance, I can give you my beautiful wife, Shelley. You know my Shelley, my wife, and I watch her a lot. And she has the kindest heart I have ever met in my whole life. To the point years ago it used to irritate me. <laughs> 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 what the heck are you being kind to of them for? You know? <laughs> have you seen what they do? And, and, <laughs> and it really aggravated me. And finally, God and God kept showing me this kindness through her. Until I and He would begin to explain, she's kind because she loves, and she loves because she's kind. Mm. What's your problem, John? Mm. And, <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> oh, it does hurt. But it's it's a hurt that is divine. It's a divine productive. Hurt. It's productive. Yeah. It's productive. And over the years, when we lost our two boys, I said to her one day, you know, how are you feeling about this? And she said, well, not good. She said, I miss the boys terribly, but I know I'll see them again. I said, yeah, you will. We will. She said, yeah, we will see them again, and we pray for them constantly as souls, but we will see them again. Subsequently, it didn't rip us apart like it seems to rip apart most people apart when they lose a child, you know. Mm-hmm. That's consolation. That is being with God, walking with God, talking with God, learning his way. We're supposed to be there anyway, and when you get there, if you're not already there, he's going to be looking down the street at you and saying, what happened, John? What happened? I don't want him to say that to me. I want to see this person. Just thinking as you're saying that we're, you know, just at the tail end of this, the worst, I hope, of this COVID. Oh, no, don't don't even I go don't there. Know, but it's been interesting to 
uh, hear and watch people's attitudes during it because it shows a lot about where people are spiritually. Some people are frightened for their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Wanting to hold on at all costs. And other people, and, and I see this really as a spiritual dividing line, people who are confident that there's a God and a heaven and a, you know, a future that's going to be wonderful, aren't so worried about it. God's got it in hand. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, yeah. He'll take us when it's our time, and yeah. now or later, it's okay. And it gives you a peace in the midst of whatever craziness Turmoil. is going on around you. Chaos. Yeah. So yeah. to me, that, that is a form of consolation. At the beginning of my return to the Catholic faith, I had read about Thomas Merton, and he had written how that, you know, God is the God of the real, right? So that's why he gives us this opportunity to face who we really are. So when he gives us all these, like for you said, John, like, John, why aren't you being kind? Or when he tells me, you know, God has a lot to say about the things, my faults, you know, and there's a lot of things I have to work on. But I think, okay, that's okay. That's okay for me to know because I'd rather, I'd rather know now. The part in scripture that always terrifies me is where, where God, Jesus says, you know, I do not know you. Oh, yeah. You know, they're knocking at the door. That terrifies me. Absolutely scares me. And I always think, okay, so when something is revealed to me about how I am and have to work on it, it's like, yes, okay, we'll, we're going to work on that. We're going to work on that and get rid of that part because that will not be carried over to, to I don't want to carry that over. Right. Because it is a death to self. I do. I did want to ask you though. For I hear this a lot with people who are thinking about following the Lord a little more closely. Because people go, "Oh, you know, I thought about well, you know going to church, or I thought about this." And and sometimes people will say, "Well, I don't want to go too deep in the faith because I don't want to lose who I am. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. stop being me." And I know, <laughs> I I know the answer. <laughs> what are the answers? But I'd like to hear what you say. Like people who say, "Oh, but if I follow the Lord, then I can no longer be." Uh, a a singer or an artist what would you say to them well you know anything any job god gives you and this is what a lot of people tend to use the exercises for is what kind i got two jobs which one should i take you know should i take this one or should i take that one but the answer to that question is do you want to be true to yourself and do you want to be true to god that's the only thing you can tell them you know who's in charge of the plant is there a God? If there is a God and you believe in a God, you cannot conditionalize God. God is eternal. God, the whole plan is his plan. You came into being because Jeremiah uh, 1 says, 6 says, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you, everything about you. There are better examples out there. You want to be an actor? Follow Jim Chaviso. The man will go to his, go to his, practice or his screen testing and whatever with the in the, I knew the guy or knew of the guy that drove him there every day and he would really? say the rosary on the way there he lives just south of us down here and the guy who drove him says you say the rosary every day he says yeah I say it in the because this is a good place to say it you're driving and I'm thinking I'm praying with God he says can I say it with you you know so Chavizel has suddenly become a witness in a in a media that tears everything apart, he's now reassembling everything because he's strong enough to say, I know where I want, am and where I want to be. You can choose whatever you want to choose, 
God will not stop you. That that freedom of choice has never been stopped by God since his beginning. But if you choo- choose to do bad, if you choose to fail on the way, remember how many people you take with you in your failures. That's the danger to me, is how, how much of an example am I to... I've sunk so many ships, it's not even funny. And that's bad. That is serious. We, we've talked about this COVID thing. It's universal. And it's saying to everybody, where's your heart? Where is your heart? What, 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 you know, here you are, you're, you're in it. There's no way you can run. Years ago, you used to be able to run to another country or you used to be able to run to another part of the world. But wherever you run now, you run into this demon, this devil, this awful thing out there. God says, no, I want you to stop and look at yourself. I want you to check yourself out. Where do you stand in this? That might be a good question to your friends to say, okay, where do you stand in this COVID situation? Where is yourself? What are you? What do you want to be? What do you believe in? What's going to make you better, well, safe? only person I know that can do that is God. I don't know anybody else that can do it. It's the suffering that everyone wants to avoid because, you know, who wants to suffer? But I I remember (laughs) in our CIA, the people would say, I really want to follow the Lord even closer. I want to do more. I want to be a saint. I'm like, well, that's great. That's literally what we want. That's what you want. A saint saint is someone in heaven. We're all trying for that. And he said, yes, but I don't want to suffer. And (laughs) I was like, I'm like, buddy, you're you're going to suffer no matter what. (laughs) I'm like, it's not like. You don't get to go, you know what? I don't want to be a saint, so I'm not going to suffer now. I'm like, that's yeah. not how it works. But the suffering yeah. gives, the relationship gives the suffering meaning. The, the thing with the Ignatian exercises, you've got to move from where you are to where you need to be. How do you get there? The danger of getting there is you have to let go of something that you're very secure in and move to something that is very new and uncertain for you because you have not yet experienced it. On top of that, the enemy will try to steal you back and push you back into your safe zone back here. And when you go back in your safe zone, that means you haven't gone anywhere. You're not closer to God, but you still in your heart want to be closer to him. So that's, for me, is why we have what they call in the Orthodox Church a stasis, a leader, a guide, a bishop, a person to watch over you. So if you if you take anybody to go to um, into the exercises, go with them, be with them, do it with them, do it with somebody. Don't do it alone. So if we have a friend who wants to do the exercises, we should do them again with them? Is that what oh, you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that yeah. way. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I have d- given it a lot of times. And like I said, for 12 years, we grouped and we were just turning over and over, but coming closer and closer to God each time. Okay. And people, we would we would group. And you went to one of the major group meetings with me. Mm-hmm. There were people there that were just, I mean, incredible people there that had been yeah. transformed in their life. And then my friend Bob took this and went into the prisons. He had so much ammunition 
to lead them in a in a on a better path and how to speak to them in a better way because it was flowing out of him as opposed to trying to make it a head job and the head is the battleground that's the worst place of all the battleground because that's where the enemy can attack you he can't attack your heart but he certainly can attack your head and make you change your mind process you said it's to examine the life of christ and the suffering of christ and the resurrection so the four different parts and then you keep mentioning the group so i guess i'm trying to think of it logistically so you sign up for this a course and you, you have your exam and then you go so there's so if part of it is like a group right so you work on it from home yeah. and then you go there and then you share what you absolutely small group yeah once okay. a week you know there is a there's a thing that ignatius said don't ever let go of and that was called the examen and the examen is absolutely beautiful it's a it's a night prayer or as my jesuit friend used to say father george you can do it twice a day if you want and the examen is a small prayer where you say the our father you take a look at your day you confess to God real quick. I didn't do good there, Lord. I'm sorry. Bless them. Didn't do good here. Bless them. Didn't do, were not kind to myself there. My tongue was too waggy here, Lord. And then you say a prayer to finish and ask God's blessing upon you. It's a five-minute prayer, 10 at the most, five minutes. I never miss night without an examine. What that tends to do is to bring up to you the revelation of God's life in your day, that day. And you need to see that. It's like a miniature confession to God on a one-to-one level. And that keeps it fresh in your head. And you're able to see, like it's like journaling. Journaling shows you where you are, where you have been, and where you need yet to go. Journaling is so important. That's that quick. But it's five minutes. Ignatius says, I don't care what else you drop. Don't drop the exam. Examine your conscience once a day. Beautiful. After he got converted or began to convert in hospital, you know, he wanted to read a book because he was a real real bad guy. And he he got his knee blown off with a cannonball. He's in hospital, and he says, I need some good books, and says, here's two good books, The Life of Christ and The Life of the Saints. What? Are you crazy? (laughs) Well, God used those two wonderful books to bring conversion into his heart because he got nothing else to read. But he began to see this wonderful, well, I can still be a soldier. I can be a soldier. Just change allegiance. Go for God. So he goes on a retreat. He's going to go to Rome, and he stops in France, southern France. And he lives in a cave for about nine months, and he almost, in this transference, he transferred the way he thought to the way God was showing him. And he applied fasting, kindness, um, charity, and prayer to where he wanted to go. When he came out of that, everything that he experienced inside himself, he wrote down as a set of rules. And there are 14 rules that we he recommends. But I don't recommend you sit there and learn those rules until you've first gone into the Ignatian exercises because they are rules of direction. 
of how to act in certain condition when you're when you're in desolation never make any decisions whatsoever just stay in desolation when you're in consolation be careful in consolation because you can get too clever too on top of it look at me god loves me you know so pride can come sneaking so you have to Put, remember yourself in desolation. This rule here covers that rule, you know. Uh, but those rules are something that you learn, begin to learn after you've gone through the exercises, and he, the rules apply. And so he wrote these rules down. He says, you know, somebody would say, no, I got this problem. He said, mm, yeah, well, let me tell you what to do, because he knew exactly what to do. And they, he'd read the rule to them and say, oh, yeah, I could do that. Good, go do it, and you'll be closer to God. Well, I got this, but wait, just a minute. Okay, do this. And so he ended up leaving there, going to Rome, and then ending up going to Paris and became a, got a master's degree in Paris. And a small group, now this is how I always see the church. You see it with Francis. A small group of people begin to attach themselves to people that are close to God. They come in and they, yeah, they, they are so attracted to this good and the strength of this good in that person that they begin to adjoin them. And in, look at the Franciscans. It's been said of Francis that he saved Europe, literally. And this one man, he, his early life was terrible, you know. Look what God can do with terrible. He can do great things, you know. So, John, we're getting kind of to the end of this. How would you recommend somebody get started? It sounds like it could be a little challenging. It is challenging. And what what needs to happen, with this COVID, we have been restricted. Uh, we need maybe one or two people willingly to put on a talk, much like Frank did. And then fight the group and get a copy of that mag that brochure that they go through. Not a brochure. Uh, it's this thick. You know how thick yeah. it is. They went through right. it. And then take them, somebody to take them through it. Really work with them and allow them to then move out from there. Maybe it has to go online for the invitation Could and do. then find a place to meet other than... You can't, yeah. don't count on the church. Don't, you know, yeah. find another right. place. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. There's parks. There's people's well, backyards. <laughs> that's yeah. that's right. And a lot of people have been Broadway's. vaccinated and are willing to gather in homes now. and ready yeah. to, to yeah. do it. So, yeah. yes, it's not impossible. And I think it's going to get easier. So, I think let's let's see what can what I can hope happen. you're right. I hope pray you're right. for that. Yeah. I, I think we've uh, we've covered a lot of territory, and I've probably got lots of questions. Veronica, I'm sure you've got more, too. But I think we need to wrap this one up. And, John, thank you so much for oh, you're sharing your experience and your wisdom with us. It's so helpful. Thank you so much for coming and talk to us. Well, thank you. And, um, Thanks you for want, inviting me. Would you like to lead us, John, in a closing out? Closing prayer. prayer. I would, I'd like that very much. Father God, we just thank you. How can we thank you, Lord, for the um, joy we have just experienced in be entering into your life and talking about the life of your son and talking about our own lives in, in the uh, joy of being with you? Thank you, Lord, for this. 
this moment and send this out, Father God, as fruit to many people. Allow that fruit to mature and grow and be shared and feed different people, Lord God, the people you have selected and thought about and want them to understand the joy of knowing you in a most close and intimate way. We ask for blessings from our Lord Jesus Christ, from his suffering, from his death, his resurrection. For that's the victory, Lord. Give us the victory. Give the age person that hears this the victory, Lord God. And remember us as we come towards you, as we turn our hearts and our souls towards you. Remember our families. Remember the needs of the church. Remember the needs of all people. We ask this through the sacred heart of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and thank you in his name. Amen. Amen. Amen.